Welcome, welcome my friends to the Beggars and Brawlers podcast. This is episode 34, recorded the 7th of December 2021 as I sit in the woods outside Idaho Springs, Colorado on a little bit of a writer's retreat. I've got a sale for you today on the Tide Color Audio, which is awesome, and also my own take on the old debate, are the books better than the movies? So first things first, there is a sale going on this month, December 2021, if you're listening to this later, sorry, on the Tide Color Audio. Daughter of Flood and Fury is 99 cents this month, and the follow-up, Witch of Wealth and Ruin, is $2.99 just for this month. They have sold a ton already, which is awesome to see because I just want people to read my books. There will be links to that in the show notes, so just go down there and click it or follow it. So to get on to the main part of the podcast, I wanted to talk about whether the books are better than the movies, and obviously the answer for you and me is probably the books are always better. I can't really think of a time that I've read and watched and thought that the movie adaptation was better. Sometimes they're as good, like in the case of The Lord of the Rings, and I know, okay, I shouldn't even say that because people will disagree, but... um you know, I think I just love reading and I assume you do too. So we probably think that the books are always better. Uh, And I think for me, that comes down to what books can do that uh, videos can't, which is they can give us the internality of the characters. They give us thoughts without having to have that cheesy voiceover or, you know, like somebody like speaking their mind to another one or just like the emo face of a character as they stare off into the distance. Um, we can just get those thoughts. So we get so much deeper into the characters and that's what I love. And also, you know, the space that a book has to stretch out and describe things and get into detail. So I think I'm like naturally skewed towards liking books and I'm assuming that you're right there with me. I do think there are some things that uh, film, movies, TV do better. Like things that depend especially on the senses of sight and sound. I like to call what books can do the sense of mind, that sense of internal thoughts. And uh, so senses of sight and sound obviously are super easy. We don't have to imagine how things look or how they sound with movies. They're there for us. So if we're there to see and hear a bunch of cool stuff like explosions and action movies or attractive people or whatever, (laughs) probably the books slash TV shows are better. But for the rest of it, and I'm assuming for you and me, uh, readers at heart, the books are better. That's not actually what I wanted to talk about. (laughs) I have been, uh, I take a lot of pleasure in experiencing both, in watching something and then reading the books, or vice versa, reading the books and then seeing the adaptation. I love to see the two different versions. And I was always kind of agnostic on which one to do first. I've certainly done both. Um, And I'm starting to develop an opinion, which is that you should always read the books first if you're going to read them. If not, I mean, go ahead. But uh, I kind of thought it worked either way. And then so there's a couple a couple series that I've watched recently that have changed my mind. The first one was Shadow and Bone. I think I mentioned quite a while ago that I watched it on Netflix and I loved it. It was super good. I love the characters. The effects were great. Um, the story was really captivating. I was like, wow, this is amazing. And everyone thought the same thing. And everyone also said the books are really good. And then later on, as I was thinking about the Tide Color Chronicles and how to market them because I'm not good at marketing, I was like, you know, I should probably be familiar with other books that are similar. And Shadow and Bone is absolutely that. There are so many things that are similar about it. Um, so I was like, well, I better read the book. And I read it and it was good and boring. <laughs> 
<laughs> which I've never experienced that before either. And I say that because it was so faithful to the series, which is to say the TV series was so faithful to the book that for most of it, I knew exactly what was going to happen. Um, and it did add depth. The sense of mind gave me a crucial piece that was missing from the series, which was how the main character actually feels about the other character, the love interest. Because you're not even sure, like, if it's a love interest when you watch the show the whole time. It's annoyingly so. And, you know, I like a little ambiguity. I like uh, The X-Files, but the book is not ambiguous, and to me, it was better for it. So that was interesting to get that piece of information that was lacking. But for the most part, um, I knew exactly what was going to happen, and so it stole a lot of the punch. Whereas, I feel like if you've read the books first and then you watch a show that's really faithful to the books, you don't get the surprise of plot, but there's so much set dressing that, like, to me, one of the pleasures of watching a series that's an adaptation of a book series I've read is that it's like uh, listening to a cover of a song that you really like. Even if the cover isn't good or you don't think that it does the original justice, it's still interesting to see who do they cast, what choices do they make to boil this story down into something that can be in a movie or a, or a TV series. You know, like, I'm so up for it that I don't even care if it's good or not, because it's just, like, someone else's imagination of what I've already imagined, and I find that really pleasant. So I think that if I had read Shadow and Bone first and I watched the series, it wouldn't have bothered me in the same way. I would have been like, oh, wow, they're not committing to this being a love relationship, and uh, the characters look really differently than they're described in the books, but I can fit them into this shell for sure. Whereas in reverse, and this is another problem with watching the show first, I struggled while reading the book to reimagine the characters uh, for myself rather than just imagining the actors of those characters going through the motions that the book was describing. Um, and yeah, I think that's just a downfall of watching first if you're going to read. So those are my thoughts on a series that's really faithful to the books is you should probably read the books first because then you'll have context and you still have all the like set dressing wonder of the series without um, being bored by the plot, which is a big part of the book. On the other hand, I have also recently watched a series, or I'm in the middle of watching because it's still coming out, a series that is not at all faithful to the plot of the original book, which would be the Wheel of Time series from Amazon Prime. Um, if you've listened to this podcast very much, you'll know that I'm a big Wheel of Time fan. It's a huge influence on my own writing, and I've been on this epic quest for the last probably five years to reread the series, um, and it's been a ton of fun. And so in the middle of that, I heard that Amazon is actually producing the Wheel of Time after so many groups have tried and not come through with it. So I was pumped, and I've read them first. So I was like, you know, stakes are low. Let me see what happens. And uh, yeah, I feel like it just confirmed my opinion that reading first is better uh, because it's really different. And so I get to be surprised by that. The Expanse series is like this too. I read the books first and then I watched the series and they change a lot and they mash together a lot. And it's just really nice because it's like a really creative cover of an original that you really liked. Um, but I was thinking about what it'd be like to watch The Wheel of Time the other way around if I had watched the series first and gotten inspired to go read the books, which I assume is going to happen to a lot of people. And the thing is that a lot of what they changed in making their cover song version of Robert Jordan's original series is like set dressing, nah, not even set dressing, are things to update the representation of his series because he started it in the 90s and really those books are a product of the 90s. 
so you know the show has a much more diverse cast uh it doesn't commit to the dragon reborn being a particular gender which is a really interesting change from the books and um there it's a lot more sex positive there just like are a lot of things that haven't changed the spirit of it but have made it much more palatable to the social politics of the 2020s which i think are great changes i'm all for them and i do feel like the spirit of the books is still there but if those things are really important to you and you go back to robert jordan who was forward thinking at the time for just having strong female characters even if they're kind of the same character all of them and described in the same ways and their busts are described perhaps more than is necessary It was, you know, it was good for its time in terms of representation. It's not good for our times in terms of the representation. And I think that that alone would turn a lot of people off. So, you know, maybe that would happen if they read the books first too. But I think that when you read them, you just get more of a... There's a lot more context for it. And I don't know, I think that it would just be an easier pill to swallow than going from these beautiful and uh, well-represented... TV shows to this book that is very different. So that again made me think, hmm, I guess it works better to read the books first and then watch the series, Um, which puts me in a little bit of a bind because I loved the first season of The Witcher on Netflix and I haven't read the books. I actually started to read the first one and I kind of didn't get into it. So I think if I watch season two, and I'm sure I'm going to, I'm sort of committing to not reading the books because I don't want any of these things to happen to me, (laughs) which is kind of sad because uh, I think they're probably really good books, but you know, there's a million good books out there. So if I'm not going to read the books first, I think I'm just not going to read them. But anyways, this was kind of a revelation for me in thinking about experiencing media and adaptations of books is... It's probably ready to read the books first. And I don't even want to say that the books are always better. They're just different. And uh, I'm open to the idea that there might be a sucky book series that becomes a good TV series. I just haven't experienced it yet. And probably in that case, it'll be so different than the books that like it's barely an adaptation at all. Oh, and I forgot to say that one of the things that uh, is really nice about having read Jordan's sprawling epic series and watching the show is obviously they can't fit in all the detail that he puts in, but they do a good job of putting in Easter eggs. Like we just watched episode three and um, the bard in that episode sings this song that's very clearly about a character that you'll know well from the history and mythology of the series if you've read the books. And it's not called out at all. It's just a song, even though he plays the whole thing. Um, and he plays it and he sings it a lot like Kurt Cobain, which is another really interesting adaptation choice um, and something that I get into. So I actually, I'm so excited about this series that I started a separate podcast with my brother to talk about it <laughs> called The Watch Along of Time. Um, because I was thinking, God, here's another series that I love and I don't have anybody in my immediate family who's excited about watching it with me. My wife is not into this kind of thing. And then I realized, oh, my younger brother Alex has totally read those books and he'd probably be up for watching it with me. And so why don't we make a podcast for everybody else who's in my shoes of loving these shows and not getting to watch them with anybody. So anyway, we, uh, we have an episode where we we watch the show live and we kind of make commentary on it like you would with your friends. So if you're watching alone, you can hear our comments and kind of feel like you're watching it with someone. And then we have 
um, an after show where we talk through what we thought of the episode. And definitely one of the things we talked about in the after show for episode three was why Tom Marilyn sings like Kurt Cobain. <laughs> anyway, it's been a lot of fun. So uh, I'll put a link to that in the show notes too if you want to check that out. If you, like me, are excited about this series and have or have not read the books, but don't have anybody to watch the show with. So anyways, those are my thoughts on reading first versus watching first. I think reading first is the way to go. Um, I wanted to give you an update on our title poll. A couple episodes back, I mentioned that I was trying to figure out a title for book three of the Tidecaller Chronicles because I did not know it was going to be two books and the title that we chose I want to use for book four, Queen of Blood and Blasphemy. And I put out a poll and I got weird results back and they kind of pointed towards Renegade of Pain and Heartbreak <laughs> as being the title, which uh, says something about the wisdom of crowds because I believe that you're all quite smart and good at picking titles individually, but that collective uh, imagining was not quite what I thought would be a good title for my book. Um, so I went back to the thesaurus so I went back to the thesaurus and I was looking through like what analog words can I use to supercharge the title that I like the best, which I think was Rebel of Riddle and Vengeance. Um, and I found this wonderful word, which is woe. <laughs> I hadn't thought of woe when I was making my word salad for titles. And as soon as I thought Rebel of Riddle and woe, I was like there it is that is the title because woe has so many connotations to it like it it's you want to read a story of woe of pain not so much heartbreak mm, a certain crowd wants that everybody wants to know about woe <laughs> at least that's what i think um and riddle of course is interesting too and who doesn't like rebels so voila uh that's going to be the title for book three rebel of riddle and woe um, and it also happens to tickle me because I don't take the time to write out these long titles when I'm referring to them in my own notes and my time cards and stuff. I just write the, um, the abbreviation. So Witch of Wealth and Ruin is WWR and Rebel of Riddle and Woe is going to be RRW, <laughs> which is dorky, I know, but it pleases me to no end. So, um, speaking of Rebel and Riddle and Woe, now that we have a title for it, I'm happy to announce that as of today, I'm at 56% of the way through this thing. I got a bunch of words in today during my retreat out here in the forest, um, and I'm happy with it. I feel like we're, I'm at this turning point where we're sort of like going into the like the lead up to the epic conclusion after a bunch of building and uh, character stuff that's been going on. So I think the other 44% of this book is going to go pretty fast. Um, hopefully I'll have it for you in January. I don't know if that's too ambitious on my part, but it's going to be sooner rather than later. Let's put it that way. I'm not committing to a date because I want to do it right rather than do it fast. But uh, I bet it's going to be early 2022, uh, even though that number sounds crazy. Um, I'm also at 24% on the Dragon Bard. I need to get back to this thing and write it. I've been so in the Tidecaller universe that I haven't wanted to switch back. And I am running out of chapters to give you for the Dragon Bard. I have one more today, and then I've got to write something. <laughs> so I've got two weeks to write something. Anyways, that uh, that number hasn't changed for a while. And then the anthology that I've talked about a lot uh, is, I would say, 15% of the way through getting published. We're going to do a Kickstarter for it. Uh, I turned in my final draft of the story. Most of the authors have turned in their finals. They're going to get edited. Um, and in the meantime, I think we're going to Kickstarter. We're looking for covers and that kind of thing. And we're talking through titles. I think we're pretty close with something like From Ashes Born or From Ashes Reborn. So um, I like that a lot because it, it feels like uh, it feels really fitting for the book. We've always called the anthology uh, an anthology of grief and healing. 
Um, and all the stories are about that. So uh, the stories are awesome. I think you're going to love it. I think we're shooting for February or March on that one, which is cool. Uh, anyways, I owe you another chapter of the Dragon Bard. Uh, and dang, I didn't realize this episode was going to be so long, but here we go. I'll read you a little bit of a teaser uh, of it. I won't read the whole thing because I don't want to make an audiobook of this until the text is final. But um, just to give you a teaser for what this chapter is going to be, and then if you want to read the full text or if you need to catch up on the other chapters, um, there's a link to that in the show notes. So this is chapter 10, A Sudden Frost. Contalo was up before dawn, moving quietly in the ring light to check the dragons, get water boiling, and try to talk to Galesee. Just a little fire, he said, soothingly, running his hand up the inner part of her neck where she liked to be scratched. Just enough to convince her you understand. No one believes us, Gail. She shifted, tail scales clicking against her thigh. Con sighed. I know you don't care, but I do. It could change so much for you, for both of us. She flicked her lids, the dragon equivalent of rolling her eyes. Just give it a try, okay? I don't want to look like an idiot in front of Rena. He had a sinking feeling how much Galesy cared about that, too. They shared a simple breakfast of dragon porridge, Rena making faces though he'd put double sugar in it. It'll help you, Contalo said. Nah, fuck it. Let's leave it there at the how much he cared about that, too line. All right, so I hope that gave you a little teaser. I kept it short because the episode is long and I don't really want to spoil anything if you're not caught up. So go get caught up. There is a link in the show notes to that. I think I'm going to go for a wander in these woods before it gets dark and cold. Um, And I have to go home to my family, who I love, but it's really nice as an introvert to get a little bit of alone time. So that's what I've been doing today. Don't forget, there is a sale on both of the books in the Tidecaller Chronicles. When book three comes out, I'm sure it's going to be 10 or 15 bucks or whatever, so you can snap them up at a much lower price for the month of December. There's a link to that in the show notes. And as always, I hope this podcast finds you well and in the company of good books, and that occasionally you get to wander in the woods too. Until next time, my friends, read on. For more information on Levi Jacobs and his books, including the award-winning Tidecaller Chronicles, please visit www.levijacobs.com or for a free audiobook only available to podcast listeners go to www.levijacobs.com/free thanks for listening and read on